A little more than a year ago, the fighting in Libya was still raging. Then came news of the fall of Muammar Gaddafi and his subsequent capture and death. Reporter Marine Olivezi is a frequent contributor from Libya, and she was the first Western journalist to view Gaddafi's corpse. I spoke with Marine yesterday in Boston, and she told me about her surreal hunt to find the dictator's remains. It was October 20, 2011. She was in Sirte, where Gaddafi was said to have been hiding. And then she said a crazy rumor started going around that Gaddafi had been captured and that he was dead, but there was no information on where his body might be. So Marine headed to Misrata to check the morgue. In Misrata, everybody was celebrating and was sure that Gaddafi was dead, but nobody knew where he was. And on various news channels, Al Jazeera was saying he was at a souk, Al Arabiya was saying he was at a mosque, but no one had pictures. So me and another photographer, we, we kept going to these places and we didn't find Gaddafi's body. We didn't find an indication he was, he was dead or alive. And at one point, we received a tip from a businessman we met a few days before who tell us that he can help. He's a little mysterious. We're not really sure where we're going with that. but And he arranged to pick us up, and we exit Misrata. We really have no idea where we're going. And we arrive at that mansion, a really nice residence outside of Misrata, with hundreds of people gathering outside, and we are really pulled in that sort of garage. And when we arrive there, we cannot even see anything. And really, when we're pulled really up close, we see lying down the bodies of both Muammar Gaddafi and his son, Mutasim Gaddafi, just there. Marine said at that point it wasn't clear that even the authorities knew Gaddafi and his son were in that house in Misrata. Marine Olivezi went back to that city a year later, and she said life in Misrata has pretty much returned to normal. But you can see signs that people don't want to forget what happened there. So you have businesses that have moved back in the stores and rebuilt completely the first floor of the stores. But then you have buildings in the second, third floors that are still completely shattered. And some people wanted to stay that way as a reminder, a daily reminder of the suffering and what they've been through. Misrata is really the town that probably paid the highest price and the number of people who died during the siege of Misrata is, of all the towns of Libya, the highest. And they just make the case that they want people to have a daily reminder of how much it took for them to topple Gaddafi. So visually, what does it look like? Storefronts on the ground near the street, kind of very flashy and spruced up, and the building above it just kind of still pockmarked and and shattered? Exactly. The first building that I saw when I arrived on Tripoli Street a couple of months ago, it was that very nice bridal store with those really fancy, nice white wedding dress. Mm. And then you look up and you see a second floor that's still completely destroyed, blackened by smoke and craters. So you have that contrast. Now, Marine, many of these countries in North Africa and Libya is no exception, have this really bulging population between the ages of 18 and 30. What's it been like for these people, the youth effectively, going through a transition from Gaddafi, the only leader they ever knew in their whole lives, to now essentially a blank slate? Well, really, these people that you described, guys in their early 20s, these are the ones who fought. A lot of them spent months with their Kalashnikovs and rolling in these militias, these katibas, and fighting the regime. And these young people, what really strikes me every time I go back there is that I find them quite depressed. And this is not a feeling that's going away. I felt that a few days after Muammar Gaddafi was killed when you had that realization that it was over. 
and that what are we going to do with our lives? Because the choice quite quickly was between going back to school or finding a job, or but none of that seemed too appealing after months of really being pumped on adrenaline and being on you know high on action. And a year later, I see the same people who basically are either trying to get visa to go to Europe, to spend some time in Turkey, to just get out of the daily life, but they are still very depressed and not sure how to find that sense of excitement and camaraderie that they had before. So it, it is a population that is not struggling economically the way the Tunisians are, for instance, because jobs are there. I mean, they, they're making money. So it's not really about being jobless. It's more, you know, how do you go from these eight months of action and empowerment to going back to regular dull life? Well, Marine Olivezi, thank you for coming in and thanks for uh, covering this part of the world. It's a pleasure. Thank you.